God, it's Friday. You're listening to TJF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by horror lover and Twitter extraordinaire for women in horror, Kelly. Welcome. Hi, how you going? Oh, not too bad. <laughs> Enjoying the beautiful spring in Sydney. How about you? Well, you're not in Sydney. Sorry about the set, Yeah. <laughs> New Zealand, very hot, doesn't feel like spring, feels like middle of summer. Uh, I was gonna say our countries when it comes to this time of year it doesn't we don't really get a spring it's like winter to summer. Yeah, exactly. It. What is spring? Yeah, <laughs> we don't even know it's just summer all year round pretty much in both of our countries. <laughs> hey, we get winter I'm sure do you get snow are you on south or north island? North Island. No, no, I've never had snow ever. No snow. But winter's like two weeks here. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we get rain in August and that's about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> people are always like, oh, what's it? Oh, you're, you, you're in spring at the moment. I'm like, ah, I wouldn't really call it that. I mean, things yeah, exactly. grow and there's mating season for animals, but it's like 30 degrees plus every day. <laughs> exactly. It's so hot. It's beach weather all the time. Yes, I was thinking about going to the beach later this afternoon um, when I won't get sunburnt. Hopefully you don't. I went yesterday, I was like, okay, cool, I'm probably going to get down to instead with all these people with no mask. Oh, no. Oh, yes, because you, you were saying to me that nobody wear. I can't believe that nobody's wearing masks. That scares me. It stresses me out. I'm scared to leave my house. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to go outside, but I have to. Just, I'm staying home. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm kind of grateful that everyone here is really respectful of it and obviously like if you're exercising or at a park or at the beach you don't need to wear a mask but everywhere else like everyone's got them on so I feel pretty lucky in that yeah. sense. Wish it was like that, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your your uh like your is it your alter your alter ego <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> so I kind of do some social media stuff, but I feel like everyone just knows about women in horrors, really, um, which was just a uni, well, course assignment that I just kept doing because I was like, okay, people like this. Didn't think they would. Just trying to get a good grade, but <laughs> clearly people seem to enjoy it. And I just love horror, so it's something I continued to keep doing, and I feel like I get to learn a lot about horror through that and everyone I follow and stuff just because I've, well, I just feel like the internet in general, I'm learning a lot about everyone um, and all these new horror movies, which I love. Yeah, because we were just talking before about new horror movies coming out and both of us not really getting to yeah. see anything. <laughs> Have to wait like three months to be online or something. Yeah, oh, that's frustrated me so much, um, especially because I wanted to see The Night House really, really badly. Mm-hmm. And it's on VOD now, so I was like, yes. Oh, is it? Oh, that's good. Yes. I heard so many good things about that. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going to, I think I might watch it tonight instead of finishing an assignment. Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> exactly. You always have time to do other assignments. So just oh, I, got, I got till Tuesday to get it done. It's fine. <laughs> worry about it on Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you've chosen Scream 4 for us to talk about, which is probably my favourite in the entire franchise. I don't care what oh, anybody really? says. <laughs> I love Scream 4. Not my favourite, but uh, it's just so different to the others, and I love it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I love all of them. It's hard. 
(laughs) yeah it is I change my ranking like every month I swear (laughs) where do you put scream three I just I need to know at the moment I change it I watched this last month and I changed it because it used to be dead last (laughs) um but now at the moment it's been second oh okay interesting yeah I haven't watched scream three in a really really long time yeah, I feel like I always miss it out when I do a rewatch of them. I'm like, oh, never mind. But now I'm like, maybe I should include it more. Yeah, why not? It's um, I find that one rather interesting. I like, I like three, but it's probably not up there, up there with my yeah, my scream rankings. <laughs> What's your ranking like? How does it go? Um, probably scream four, scream yeah. two, scream, scream three. Oh, nice. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like everyone's is so different. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean I dislike any of the films. I love them all, but that's just where I kind of am now with it. Yeah, exactly. And obviously looking forward to Scream 5. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> As for the trailer doesn't drop next week, like everyone's saying it does, I will be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was into, oh no, that was the Halloween one. There was a new Halloween trailer, wasn't there? this this week yeah okay oh this week all right I have no yeah. idea um, maybe I don't know I know the screen trailer is coming like the, in the previews before Halloween tells um, well, I'm hoping, hopefully. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> even though I can't see it but yeah <laughs> oh life in lockdown oh I'm sure I a lot of it. listeners <laughs> probably have no idea what it's like exactly like all the cases overseas are so much worse yeah but they're like free and it's like okay we have like 30 cases daily and it's like I'm stuck in my house yeah well our cases got down to 600 oh they're like fluctuating between 500 to 600 daily and they're like let's just open the entire country on uh, the entire state on Monday and I'm like should we (laughs) that that would stress me out so bad yeah I was at 30 and then it just kept going and I was like can you stop oh my god we don't need that like that no our state is 70% vaccinated though like fully vaccinated oh that's good yeah so they're they're aiming for end of October we'll be at 80% which is like their herd immunity goal so yeah I think we're aiming for 90 which I'm not scared of I think we'll get there eventually. We're at eighty-six percent, like first dose. So hopefully, oh, that, yeah. oh, that's really good. Yeah, and that's sixteen and over. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because obviously children can't have. Uh, apparently, they're trying to get Pfizer for children five and over in America at the moment, but not here. Oh, okay. So we'll see how it goes. I know Moderna's yeah. <laughs> for seven and over or nine and over. I'm not. I I don't know. I know nothing. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> I know nothing about other people's America's vaccination approval rate. Yeah. Whatever it and is. Also, I'm just like, you do you. <laughs> yeah. Can I'm vaccinated? Cool. Let me go out. I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to go to the movies. That's all I want to do. Too. I miss it so much. And the thing is, like, my life won't be that much different once everything opens back up again. So I'm like, I'll just be doing what I normally did. I'd go to the movies once a week and sit at home. 
exactly i'm not that fast it's gonna be my only social outing is the movie yeah well i used to go to live gigs and stuff so i'm looking forward to that coming back because yeah i'm a little bit bored without that like once a month or once a fortnight or whatever it was because it's now yeah exactly it's gig season now here so it's like can we go hurry up hurry up hurry up (laughs) summer gigs near the beach i need it (laughs) yeah that sounds perfect that's exactly what i need um so let's dive into the film. I'll give everyone a little bit of information about the film. Obviously, most people who have, like what, listen to the episodes, they've watched the film. But still, let's give you a, a synopsis. Uh, Screen 4 is a slasher film and the fourth in the most recent... Uh, and it's not the most recent anymore. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. <laughs> in the Screen film series, it was directed by Wes Craven with Kevin Williamson serving as the writer. He also wrote the first two films, Scream and Scream 2, and he was also the co-writer, co-writer of Scream 3. Originally, the series was intended to only be a trilogy, but after 10 years, Bob Weinstein thought it was time for another film. I'm guessing Bob Weinstein's like, um, I don't know who he is. He must be like a studio guy and was like, give me another film. Um, it's intended... Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know who he is. I should have Googled that bit. <laughs> Uh, it was intended to be a reboot of the series and the first of a new trilogy with Craven and Williamson, but um, they just gave it number four. They just turned it into number four instead and continued the storyline, basically, which I thought was rather interesting. Yeah, I thought it would have turned into like a second trilogy at least. Yeah. I mean, this is time, but probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that would have been cool, but I like that they continued it with all the same characters and then they're going to do it again for Scream 5. So hopefully they confirmed yeah, some people returning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, is, is Kirby coming back? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I just about to say. I was like, I hope Kirby's coming back because like, they left that kind of open. They did, didn't they? So it's like, we don't know. Because he was like, um, with Kirby in the commentary, he's like, you can see her moving here. And then he doesn't like say anything else. I'm like, so what does that mean? Does that mean she's alive? She's alive. She's gotta be alive. (laughs) But the thing is, like, you can't even look at like Hayden Pentier's like IMDB because it won't even have it on there. Because they're like, we can't ruin it by having it on there. Exactly, yeah. What should it be like the opening kill or something? And then I'll just start crying. Oh, that'll kill me. Don't (laughs) do that. (laughs) (laughs) Ruining my life. I just leave. I'm like, I'm not ready to see Spring Five now. So like, I don't care that I just paid twenty dollars to see this film. I'm out of here. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Yeah, ruining it in the first thing. <laughs> but I feel like um, because Kevin Williamson's working on Screen Five, I don't think he would do that to people. Oh, he's not I actually. Not. I don't think he is. He was. I hope he is. I don't know if I trust it without him. I should have looked this up. Sorry, everyone, for <laughs> joining us. No, it's not. Oh, my God. It's a guy by the name of James Vanderbilt, and he has done films such as uh, he did Ready or Not. I love that film so I love much. that movie. He did The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, he did Zodiac. Hmm, okay, all right. It's promising. Uh, it's promising. It's promising. Anyway. But um, Screen 5 coming out. I think it comes out on Australia Day. I'd rather do that than celebrate Australia Day, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 celebrate it. 
not that I celebrate Australia Day anyway because that's cringe um (laughs) that's like the most like uh like reductive way I can talk about it it's cringe (laughs) (laughs) it's just the word (laughs) do you have a national holiday like Australia Day we have Waitangi Day that when our treaty was signed um I don't think we do too much for it though just a day off really yeah, yeah. you have you do yeah. Anzac Day as well don't you the same day as us yeah we do because yeah. we're just two countries that are best friends exactly best friends with rivalry sometimes yeah because <laughs> we want your prime minister so you better give it to us you better give it Absolutely to us no. <laughs> no no one's getting it <laughs> damn it <laughs> I just don't want a <laughs> mediocre white man to be my prime minister forever I honestly can't keep up with the show. <laughs> I was like, okay, there's another one now. Oh, there's and a new guy. Oh, and oh, and yeah. they all look the same as well. So exactly, like it's like it's a new white guy. There was a white girl at one point. I don't know. I there was a redheaded that. white girl, which is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> you don't see redheads in politics very often. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into this film. I love the opening of Scream Four. It stresses me out so much. <laughs> it gives me trust issues. I have trust issues. Yes. The first time that I saw it, I was like, wait a second. Stop that. So I was like, I was like 12 when I first saw it. I was like, oh. what does that mean? Why is this all why? What? <laughs> so we see two friends, uh, Sherry and Trudy. Uh, Sherry is played by Lucy Hale from uh pretty little liars and then trudy is played by i can't remember her name but she was on 90210 and that's why i remember who she is so they're sitting in the kitchen discussing the latest film that they watched and trudy is telling sherry how she has a facebook stalker and sherry's like oh why are you still talking to him (laughs) what what do you mean I was so scared when they introduced Facebook. I was like, please don't do this. <laughs> That's cool. I said, we don't need social media in this. I can stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the phone right now. Yeah. Uh, the phone rings and the voice of Ghostface comes through the phone telling them that um, you hang up on me and I'll cut through your neck until I feel bone. Yikes. That is really, uh, they really took like Ghostface dialogue and ran with it. In this, yeah. <laughs> um, the doorbell rings, nobody's there. Um, and then in a, she turns around, doesn't she? And she, I can't remember. I, I was just today. All I know the is uh, Ghostface slits her throat um but before they had said that uh Ghostface had said to her uh to Trudy on the phone you know this is the last person you're ever going to see alive and I was like oh oof I'm right next to you yeah and it's like the most fake I just feel so awkward and fake and cringy that those two deaths I don't know why I just saw that popping out of the corner kind of thing but I love that uh this is like a cold open on top of a cold open on top of a cold open yeah and it's like what i was like is there gonna be another one i don't know what's happening i don't trust the show anymore (laughs) (laughs) because the um this scene cuts to 
basically two friends who have turned the TV off because they were watching Stab Six, which was the movie that Trudy and Sherry were the characters of. <laughs> um, and basically they're talking about um, the film and um, uh, Chloe, oh no, Rachel or Chloe, I can't remember who's who. Um, <laughs> Rachel says, we just watched the death of horror movies. And I was like, oh, the slasher is not the death of horror films. You take that back. Slasher is my favorite genre. You shut up. She was <laughs> <get> dramatic <laughs> She was absolutely not. She was super dramatic. But it's Anna Paquin and... Um, Kristen Bell. Yeah. And I was, I love that because I love both of them so much. Um, Anna Paquin's hair is really like orangey blonde in this though. And I'm like, take the wig off her. She has blonde hair. (laughs) It's ruining her. I was so excited because she's like a Kiwi. And I'm like, oh my God. I get so excited when Kiwi's in anything. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. We're represented here. I feel really seen (laughs) that Anna Paquin is in this. Um, I love that uh, Chloe gets up to go and uh, get a drink and she comes back and um, she is then stabbed in the stomach by Crystal Bell's character, Chloe, and she's like, did that surprise you? And she deserves like, it. <laughs> it's like, because you talk too much. Now shut the fuck up and watch the movie. <laughs> and then that screen comes out. <laughs> And it's um, Marnie and Jenny, and they've turned off Stab 7. So I was like, I love that, like, um, it's, you know, this is the last uh, piece of work that Wes Craven did before he passed away. And it's just like, oh, I really love, because his stuff is so very, very self-aware. And it's like, he he knows that people are going to love it. It, it, People are going to love it no matter what. It's kind of similar to... Yeah, anything he does will just be amazing. The same as, like, um, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Like, I loved that. Oh, I loved that I love so it. much. And it's I, so mad. I loved it. And I feel like that is really in this film. Like, yeah. I, and I, I, I really <laughs> appreciate that. It's sad that this is his last piece of work. It's, <laughs> but, I know. Uh, and I'm hoping that the new one will honour yeah. all of his work with it. Absolutely. I don't doubt that for a second. So Marnie and Jenny are debating the quality of how the Stab series have basically just gone to shit. And they're just like, oh, it's so bad. Um, and it's, I just love their discussion because it's so um, like intellectual. And it's like these two 16 year olds like talking about a horror film. And it's like, oh, that's me and my friends. <laughs> yeah, that's me now. Yeah. I think that it just sounds like they're ripping on like the Wizard's own like nightmare films and then like Friday the thirteenth and stuff. Like how they do all the weird genres like when he goes Jason goes to space or whatever and it's like I feel it's just still seen here. I was like, stop bad mouthing Jason <laughs> X is fantastic. <laughs> and Freddy vs. Jason I... is my favorite hell is my favorite Halloween. It's my favorite Friday thirteenth film. <laughs> Nobody fight me, everyone. <laughs> I love so that. Movie. That was my first Friday Thirteenth film, so pretty. I'm not. I think I have no idea what one was. Probably the first one when I was like eight or something. I was oh my god! <laughs> if something came on TV, I'll just watch it. My parents would not care. 
Yeah, my dad wasn't one to care about it, but my mum was just like, oh, horror's disgusting. It's too scary. You're too young. And my dad's like, here, watch The Sixth Sense and Silence of the Lambs and The Ring. Oh, my God. I was traumatized with The Ring. Oh, because we hired The Ring when I was really young. Uh, Well, when it first came out. So I I think it was like 2001. So it would have been like 10 or 11. And... um, my I had like two older cousins and then like my youngest sister and my youngest cousin and so dad was like oh it's all right like you got some of your old the older ones are there watching it with you whatever and so he was just like watch there you go I'm gonna go read a book you guys watch the ring that's so casual that's all dads that all Kiwi and Aussie dads like okay you watch this I'm gonna go super casual have a beer my dad would be like I'm gonna go paint my elvish army for warhammer and read a book and I'd be like, Dad, I'm going to have nightmares for the rest of my life. Yeah, like, you're going to have to pay for this later when I wake up at, like, 2 a.m. crying and screaming. Well, my cousin did the whole ringing the house because he had a um, phone because he was old enough to have a mobile phone. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, don't answer the phone. Oh, my God. So, yes, I, I think I, yeah, I would have been, like, 11, yeah, 10 or 11, maybe 12. I can't remember what year it came out, but, yeah. Thanks, Dad. I'm gonna call him after this and be like dad you know why I watch horror movies it's all your fault I've I've been thinking about this lately (laughs) um so uh they get a a where am I up to so Jenny goes upstairs and she tries to prank Marnie by using like the the ghost voice but um she ends up laughing and like ruins the whole prank and um all of a sudden, her she actually goes dead quiet, and her voice is replaced by that of actual Ghostface, who basically just plays with Jenny and like torments her. But I love uh, how she's like, "Is this Trevor?" And he's like, "Do I sound like a Trevor to you?" And the thing is, like, this isn't the only time that it's like, "Is this Trevor?" And like, you can hear the Ghostface getting more and more frustrated as people think he's Trevor. <laughs> he's just mad, Trevor. It's gonna get all this like credit for me. He's like, I'm not Trevor. <laughs> Why does everyone think that? Yeah. But I love how um he uh the voice of the ghost face says to her, you know, you're the dumb blonde with the big tits. We'll have some fun with you before you die. And she's like, I have a 4.0 GPI and a 135 IQ asshole. <laughs> I love that so much. Like just that little comment just to defy that stereotype, but it's just the quotes in the film are just I don't even know how to describe it. They're just so American. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't even know what a GPA is. Well I do. But I'm like, I don't I, I didn't even have to watch that. I was just like, also our GPAs are out of seven here, so a exactly. four you know is not that good. <laughs> yeah, like you're failing, mate. <laughs> That's a pass. <laughs> that is a pass here, just so you know. <laughs> it's not that great. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, oh, this this scene scared the crap out of me because my cat burst through her like <laughs> cat flap at the same time as um, like the like Marnie's body is thrown through the window. Oh <laughs> so my, my god! My cat like no. burst into the house at the same time, and I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> No, her timing is perfect. Yeah. Um, So Ghostface is chasing Jenny around the entire house and she ends up in the garage 
where she is stabbed and as she crawls out of the garage she is crushed by the automated garage door and then stabbed again just in case yeah just in case she somehow survived just in case I she made it that so much though I the love Tatum. yeah I'm so excited the home just so good throughout the whole film and just all yeah. the little easter eggs and I I'm so excited with that and then I'm so mad I'm getting murdered but it was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it because I was just like, oh, like, should we be having an all moment in a slasher film? And they like didn't do the cat door garage thing because they're like, <laughs> I realized that was like unrealistic, even though she did sit through. Um, yeah. but you can get yeah. pretty big, like, doggy doors, like for big dogs. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. I would not try to get out of my cat flap. No. I don't even think my head would fit. <laughs> I just get stuck and be like, okay, I'm going to get stabbed now. It's fine. Uh, somebody stab me so I don't have to be tortured in this thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'd rather be stabbed. Um, so the next morning, Dewey gets a, well, he's woken up by his phone ringing. Um, he's been called down to the main street of town to sort out a prank where there's a whole bunch of ghost, ghost faced. Uh, ghost face costumes being put out on the lampposts. He arrives, he finds his deputy Judy Hicks waiting for him. Um, and so, yeah, they know that it's coming up to the anniversary of um, the, the original massacre uh, in their, what's the town? Woodsboro. Thank you, Woodsboro. I'm yes. like, what? I, I only remember because that's the name of my Animal Crossing Island. <laughs> Perfect. I hope I would not. I'm going to restart Animal Crossing because <laughs> I always give mine like the random generated name on the game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> um, Judy is flirting with Dewey and uh, she offers him some lemon, lemon squares and he's basically like, uh, she says, it's not cheating if you eat my lemon square. And he's like, no, but it's cheating on my diet. And I was like, oh, thank God. He's like so graceful about her crush on him. It's so good. He's so like not wanting to do anything to her kind of girl. And I was like, she's just trying to smash through lemon squares. And he's like, no. No, <laughs> no thanks. I love it. Not having it. Not at all. Uh, Dewey receives a call about the murder murders of Jenny and Marnie and they head off. Uh, we meet Kirby, played by the fantastic Hayden. Pe I can't say her last name. Penetier? 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 I no idea. I think I've ever heard it pronounced before. I'm really sorry for butchering it. <laughs> Miss Pe Penetier. <laughs> yeah. Hayden. Uh, so she is driving and picks up Sydney Prescott's young cousin Jill Roberts, played by Emma Emma Roberts. Yeah, that's so fascinating. They have the same. Yeah. Um, and her friend Olivia, who lives right next door. Um, I love that. Um, Kirby says, "Don't get mad at me," but Trevor called me last night, <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking Trevor." Trevor's just already annoying. We haven't even met him. We haven't even met him yet. We don't meet him until like at school. And it's just like, oh, you're so annoying. He's already got a bad ref. I already don't want to even meet this character. <laughs> but I kind of like that they set him up as the one that everybody will dislike. Yeah, exactly. 
I love it. Uh, and then Olivia makes a comment about how Trevor said to her that um, he thinks that Sydney being in town, who is, yeah, Jill's cousin, uh, is distracting her from how sorry he is. He is just the typical male who's just an idiot, like, to be fair. They really got it bang on the nose there. Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is, they've set him up to be this absolute, like, not an, he's just clueless. And yeah. and it's just from dialogue about him. It's like, you haven't even met him and you're like, oh, he's one of them. To be fair, he meets up to those standards. <laughs> <but he's, laughs> I mean. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, Jill gets a call from Ghostface. Um, who is using Jenny's phone. Um, and Olivia says, you know, hey, I got a similar call from Marnie's phone this morning. That's really weird. But I like that they don't like, oh, well, they don't know that Marnie and Jenny are dead yet. I guess that's... Duh. <laughs> I was like, that's why they didn't call the cops. <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't do anything. I'm looking at They just don't do anything either way. It doesn't seem like they like them, so it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> they get to school and um we see Robbie and Charlie who are these like they're like vloggers um they they are also uh the the president and VP of the cinema club <laughs> and it's like that's a good thing <laughs> I was like I wish I had a film club at school I'd be I'd be watching all the weird movies and people would be like why uh why who let her in as soon as they said film club, I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to get anything in this film. We don't even study for it. Yeah? <laughs> like, social films, those are anything. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> this isn't relevant to me. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> That's like American like, school in general. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't get it. But uh, Charlie's questioning uh, the girls, like, what their favourite scary movie is and that um, uh, because they're, they're doing this as, a, like, play, paying a tribute to the first uh, stab film and the anniversary of the events that created the first stab film. I don't know. I just love Charlie's snarky comments and everything. It is like crazy. <laughs> like, why would you choose to make a film on that? Out of everything. Yeah. Like, mm, please don't. <laughs> uh, so at home, Gail Weathers Riley, who has married Dewey, uh, is trying to start writing again because Sydney's all over television because she's promoting her autobiography slash self-help book. Um, and so Gail's pretty like, I need to do something. Look at what Sydney's doing. <laughs> I'm a she's nobody. So I love she's, her in this movie. I love her so much. When she's like writing on the computer and it's like, I have no fucking idea what to write. I'm like, me doing my assignments and I haven't even started. And she's like at midnight. Kind of thing. <laughs> That's going to be me at midnight tonight where I'm like, uh, okay, I I've got like 500 words left. I, I literally have 500 words left of this assignment. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Let's just start I've started and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, across town, Sydney and her publicist, Rebecca Walters, who is played by Alison Breen, are at a bookstore uh, bookstore uh, for the final stop on Sydney's book tour. 
um, Sydney is talking with a bunch of people that have come to her to her talk. Is that what they're called? I don't, I've never been to one. Oh, me neither. I feel like a, it's not a, very common. A meet and greet. I mean, yeah, meet and greet. I don't know. Yeah, signing. I don't know what a it signing. Is. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, Gail. Uh, Sydney sees that Gail's arrived, which I I thought I like the look that they give each other, where she's like, "I know you, I know you." <laughs> um, so they're chatting away, and Dewey and uh, Hicks basically storm into the store and are like, "The cell phone news to call the two murdered girls is here somewhere." And they they're really like, what? Really making her like first visit back and like however long, so welcoming, just ruining her side, anything like that. Traumatizing. Because <laughs> she'd be like, murders? Oh, I'm back Again? To today. Go. <laughs> I got back today. Are you kidding me? Not even one rest day. Came straight from the rental car company, can't even catch a break. <laughs> no, you don't get one. <laughs> Um, outside a cell phone starts to ring and Rebecca tosses Dewey the keys to Sydney's rental car. He opens the trunk to reveal a bloody knife, the cell phone and pictures of Sydney smeared with blood. Which I thought was really, it was really dramatic. It was so dramatic and it was like, why were those posters? The phone could have been enough. I don't even know which one of them did it, but they just seemed a little bit drama queens there. It is super, yeah. It's it's like, this is really over the top. Who did this? (laughs) (laughs) There's also a couple of copies of Sydney's new book in the boot. So I'm guessing they were already there and they were like, let's also just smear the books in blood too while we're here. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't want to give her any more press than she needed with just the posters. They're like, we don't need your books as well. They're just Oh, they're so dramatic I, I just can't get over that scene <laughs> it's just like a perfect photo up for like the newspaper they've just staged it so well yeah it's awesome <laughs> it reminds me of like a like a a um like a murder wall I don't know if you know what a, a murder wall is um it's like where a serial killer or like a stalker or something will like oh, put all the pictures up of somebody and like, you know, and then they get the connect the dots out and yeah. And yes, the red lines. I, I don't know if, it, if it's a thing. I just call it a murder wall. Because um, I was like, <laughs> that wall is murdery. So. <laughs> okay, kids, the word. <laughs> makes sense. Um, at the station, Gail... Gail uh, tries to get into the interview room with Sydney. Obviously, I, I when I watch this, I'm like, okay, I get that um, people think that Gail is this really uncaring, you know, um, not very passionate, not very compassionate. But I was like, she wants to be in there with Sydney. Like, this is traumatizing for her friend. I know, like, they went through all this, like, three times now. They probably should be together again. And then her yeah. like, no. She's just trying to get to her husband by any means possible. Mm. But I like how she's like, if you're going to pretend to be my husband, at least, like, get a mustache. Yeah. And then to- <laughs> told her so that her pastries nice. taste like ass. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Like, they really set up the lemon skins to be good in that first scene. And Gail's like, no, I'm going to shut her down straight away. Because le- the lemon squares are shit. <laughs> yeah, I can do better. Watch me. <laughs> I love that. Um, 
Dewey and Gail also get into disagreement because he won't let Gail try to solve the case. And it's like, Gail, you are not a PI. You are an author and a journalist. Um, that's cool that you've been through it all, but you need to chill and let the cops do their work. She just wants to be involved by any means necessary. She just hates not knowing things. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't let loose of these reporter days. I need to know every step and things I did. I loved the um she'd be neighborhood watch for sure. A hundred percent. She'd just have security cameras everywhere. Yeah, because like <laughs> my my niece likes to watch our her well not ours, her entire neighborhood. Uh because my sister has security windows, like privacy windows in their house. Oh. So their windows are really high up and only really small. And so the youngest will stand on the couch to watch the entire neighborhood. <laughs> And let my sister know what's happening. She's five. But they need to know, they need to know what's going on all the time. That's oh. so good that they have their own little security guard there. Yeah, it's the five-year-old. <laughs> she also gets up at six o'clock in the morning to watch the garbage man. <laughs> and then goes back to bed. I don't know. She's really... So I guess kids always go through that phase of obsessed with the garbage man, so... It's her turn now. Yeah, she's she's a little bit later than normal, but. <laughs> Everybody has that feeling about her. She's, she's pretty great. Uh, I feel like she'd really like the screen movies. I think yeah, she'd really she like them. I want to be Gail. Uh, she could be Gail. I think, yeah, she'd be Gail. Yeah. You know what? I think she'd be Gail because she asks a lot of questions as well. <laughs> Or do we just want to protect everyone? Yeah. <laughs> your own house. Um, so um Jill, Olivia, and Kirby are then interviewed about the phone calls. And um Sydney's told you can't leave Woodsboro because you're technically a suspect. Um, so Sydney is staying with Jill and her aunt Kate who I'm guessing they're quite estranged because they don't seem very connected and Jill is really like, uh, don't really know you, not really the that interested. first mention, and it's like, we've had four films, where were they? Yeah! Like, they could have been in another one and it would be more interesting, like, young Jill and then seeing her, like, yeah. grow up, but, like, they're like, no, we'll just introduce them now if you don't get attached or anything. It's just, it makes no sense. Like, where were they when she got, like, attacked the first time, the second time, or the third time? Yeah, while her dad was tied up in a closet somewhere. Exactly. Where were you? They never called the other family, like, do you know where the dad is? What's happening? <laughs> so, uh, this scene I'm a little bit confused about because um, in my notes I say I have Trevor shows up, but Sydney scares him off. Yeah, like, I think it's another homeless race that comes through the window is it oh yes okay yeah yeah oh god just trying to make him more like billy and more of a dick really yeah absolutely uh later kirby and jill are watching sean of the dead and jill is talking to olivia on the phone who is over in her room like getting changed and um uh Kirby gets a phone call from Ghostface, who appears to be calling from Trevor's phone. Um, <laughs> I just I'm not Trevor. 
<laughs> he was sick of it and he's like, I'm going to take this pose and just ruin this man. I can't believe everyone thinks I'm Trevor. Well, stop calling from Trevor's phone. Exactly. Uh, Ghostface gets uh, quite up. He's like aggressive at this point and he's like, no, I'm in the closet. And Kirby checks the closet and there's no Ghostface. Uh, she calls him a liar and he responds with, I never said I was in your closet. That was uh, so chilling um, to me. The yeah, first time I was like, like Oh my god, I'm about to have heart palpitations or something. I only watched this film for the first time like in 2019. Oh my god, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know it existed. This was Scream 4 was the first one I saw with the screen. Oh wow. When I was like when it first when it first came out. But I'd seen scary movie in that screen. <laughs> so I was like, I That's why I hadn't it. watched Scream, because I'd watched all of Scary Movie, like like <laughs> as like most of them that they ripped off the Scream films. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, I, I know what happens in Scream. So I yeah. just didn't watch it until I, yeah, okay. until I later. Like, it's close enough. Why do I have to see the original? <laughs> and I was like, oh, now I understand. Why do I have to see completely that's different. Yeah, that's not the ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it was, uh, I loved that. Cause I was like, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I thought that they would ruin the ending. Yeah, me too. And I saw Scary Movie so young. I was probably like, probably the same age, around eight, when I've been watching these horror movies. Yeah. I'm like, traumatized from there. Why would I want to watch Scary Movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, Kirby realizes what Ghostface is saying. And um, we see the two girls like, pin, like press up against the window, at, looking <laughs> over at the other window where Ghostface has like broken out of Olivia's closet and he's like stabbing her repeatedly. Um, like while Jill and Kirby and Sydney are all watching from the other room, like the other house. And I was, was like, I really love that so scene. Brutal. I love it so much. All the, it was insane, the amount of blood on the walls. Like, what was the reason for why? Like, she's barely a character. We only just did it. It yeah. was so intense for, like, no reason. But I loved it. It was just, it was disgusting, but amazing. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney rushes over to the house, breaks in, and gets upstairs in time to find Olivia's corpse laid out on the bed and basically her intestines in a pile next to her. And I was so, like, oh. That's one thing in horror. I'm like, as soon as intestines come out, I'm like, nah, that's disgusting. I can't be eating right now. I'll see, that's fine by me. Brains, eyeballs, uh, intestines, muscles, break a bone. And I'm like, get me the hell out of here. Get me out. Oh, really? The sound of breaking bones and like bone, like penetrating through skin. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> that's my gross. That's like my tipping point of gross. <laughs> Mine's intestines and ankles. I'm like, no, as soon oh. as the ankle gets cut, no, not doing that. That's not okay either. I hate it so much. <laughs> if anything happens in future screens with the ankle, I'm just not watching it. I'm, I'm going to burn the cinema down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that mean. That's that's a bit. That's going too far. Um. Uh. So where have I gotten to? So Ghostface calls her. Is that what happened? I can't remember. No. I, I don't know why I'm blanking so hard on a movie that I watched like two hours ago. Uh, no, okay, I'm right. So Jill 
rocks over and Sydney's like, do not go in there. <laughs> you uh, you don't want to see that. Don't see like that. Yeah, let me take one for the team. Uh, I'm going to close the door. The Stanley's been traumatised enough. <laughs> you don't need to see that. Um, uh, Ghostface pops out, slashing Jill's arm with his knife and uh, Sydney basically tackles him and throws him down the stairs. Uh, Sydney, um, we think that Sydney's knocked him unconscious because he like is there for like a second, uh, but disappears when Sydney turns to see um, Hoss and Perkins, the two two detectives arrive along with Kirby and Trevor. I don't and know. Literally nowhere when Olivia was getting murdered. Like yeah, and oh, now you're here. <laughs> now you shot great, and other girls like, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Weren't they, in, they, weren't they watching the property the entire time anyway? Yeah, they're like not in their cars. Were they in the car? I don't even know. I but they so. were just useless. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, mind you, um, I think Hoss is uh, played by Adam Brody. Yes, he is. And he's beautiful. Oh, my God. Beautiful, I love Adam man. Brody so much. <laughs> Him and Ready or Not. Yes. Oh, I just love it. I love that him is- in that movie. He needs to I do know, more horror. Perfect. Yes, he does. Um, so outside of Olivia's house, the police are investigating the crime scene and Jill is uh, apologising to Sydney after the neighbours are shouting things at Sydney about her being just like her mother and that it's all her fault. And so she's kind of like, let's get into wherever we're going to go. Why um, would they even do that? Like, that's just so unnecessary. Yeah. Series. there's nothing like that really and then it's like okay never mind we're gonna get the whole neighborhood to get up on her been yeah. like 24 hours well, like, <laughs> Sydney, sydney's mother cheated on her dad what has that got to do with anything i know this is like a family <laughs> problem they're like nah oh, business? <laughs> uh can you not yell my family's business down the entire street yeah, it's like, they don't all know. They could have just moved here and now everyone just now, knows all the dirty laundry. Now everybody knows. I don't even live here <laughs> and the entire town knows my business. Great. <laughs> she moved for a reason. She's like, I'm sick of these people. Uh, yeah. Sick of this <laughs> shit. Um, so uh, they are at the hospital. Jill and Sydney are getting checked over. Uh, actually, Trevor comes into the house as well. And I think there's this, that's this moment where we're like, is it Trevor? Because yeah. Ghostface disappears and Trevor shows up and it's just like. He's just there at the worst time in it, before and after, it seems that fast, right? Yeah, all the time, every single time. Uh, but they head off to the hospital and um, Jill basically at this point is really annoyed also with Sydney um, because um, I think she just is blaming her for this. Dead. Yeah. Because she's shit. Um, <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't have got stabbed if you didn't come back for your stupid book tour. Yeah, basically. Um, I love, so Sydney is uh, basically cleared by the doctors and Rebecca, you know, her uh, her management team, yeah. her PR person, yeah, whatever she is. <laughs> is like right there right away trying to get her to take advantage of the fact that the current murders can be used for Sydney to sell more books. And she says... Accept your situation. You're a victim for life. So embrace it. Use it. I know you care about your readers, all those little downtrodden fucks that just need a light at the end of the tunnel so they don't jump off of the bridge. 
And a lucky break like this, I'm talking 100% increase in sales minimum. That's maybe a million more people to get your message and get a ton more checks. And Sydney's like, book tour is over and you're fired. Yeah. This is, we really see Rebecca become like a mini gal here. Like she yeah. just goes so in depth for no reason. Oh, but I love her. I love Alison Brie. I love Alison She's Alice amazing Brie. as well. Yeah. Um. I just, I was like, oh, that's so typical PR to do that. <laughs> Let me go. Like, how can I make this situation about money yeah. and fame? <laughs> exactly. Um, I love when she's heading down to the car. She's like talking to herself about, Sydney just needs to get laid. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to make Pitching it to herself. Like, uh, I just got fired, but it wasn't about me. This isn't about me. Um, <laughs> uh, she also gets a call from Ghostface, who tells, uh, it's kind of like, you're not with Sydney. We know, we're watching you. Um, yeah. And she gets into her car, and this bit also scared me today, because I was like, oh, oh, I forgot about that <laughs> bit, where Ghostface, like, slams themselves on, like, the front windscreen, and she's, like, freaking yeah. out. Oh, my God, that scared me. That um alarm just scares me for no reason every time I'm like anytime I'm in a parking building I get <laughs> see nobody is like kid I I have this theory that nobody would kidnap me because I talk too much and they'd eventually <laughs> just be like oh go away like we'll let you go just get we'll out. let you go you don't have to do anything we'll drop you off at ha- your house just, just please stop, <laughs> just please stop. <laughs> that'd be me um Definitely. So I would survive a horror film, I believe, if my life was a horror film, just by talking. Because people would be like, I don't want to hear about horror movies anymore. Or about your cat. Literally, they're talking about my cat and horror movies. Yeah, that's And how I've got this pair of earrings that look just like my cat. (laughs) Because my cat is a calico, and so I bought calico cat earrings. And they'd just be like, oh, fuck, I don't care. Like, do you want to see photos? <laughs> ah, Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd survive. <laughs> For sure. I'd be the final girl. Because, <laughs> like, they just get rid of me. The first <laughs> final girl that just survives by talking. <laughs> um, there's a scene where Dewey is running, like, a press conference outside the hospital, which I thought was really strange. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> very unnecessary weird place um and Rebecca's body is like thrown off the garage roof onto a news van and I was like oh whoa that was so insane like mm. having that reveal so public like that's never like ever that way in this screen I'm like what is happening here they've just gone so dramatic like literally everything goes like that's when the song is so dramatic it's, it is and I think I love it because it's just gone like Everything was, uh, no, the screen movies aren't very tame, are they? Um, but this <laughs> just like, it just went, it's, like, let it rip. Just do exactly. whatever. Went to the full potential. Yeah. From zero to 100 real quick. Uh, yeah, at like a zillion miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, while this is all happening, Gail is making a deal with Robbie and Charlie from the film club, a cinema club, sorry, um, because she wants them to help her uh, capture the, the killer and um, I could never imagine Gail actually wanting to team up with anyone I felt like she just cut that Dewey wouldn't tell her anything yeah and she's like okay you know this is my last resort 
I'm gonna recruit I'm going to teenagers. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know social media. I'm gonna have to get these teenagers. I don't know what this is about anymore. Um, I love that they're just like she's like, oh, and a special guest appearance by myself, and they're like, no, thanks. okay. <laughs> but uh, she uh somehow manages to rope Sydney into going. And I'm guessing after everything that had happened, Sydney's like, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. Maybe they can help us get, like, insight, help us survive somehow. (laughs) I don't know. Gail probably just blackmailed her somehow. She's like, I've done all this for you. You should come to this shitty school with me. Uh, You're my friend, so now you have to come with me. I said that that you would. You need my friend. (laughs) Just just go, please. (laughs) So at the cinema club the next afternoon, Charlie is going through the horror genre and how the rules have changed since the 1990s, which is where obviously Scream was and where we had Randy providing that bit of exposition for us. Uh, Robbie talks about the Stabathon party that is coming up um, and it's where like all local teens get together and watch the Stab films while playing a drinking game because there's a part where uh, Sydney says, you know, so why do you think, so who do you think is doing the murders? Um, and Charlie says, well, it's a stab fanatic, clearly working on less of a, a Shrek wool and more of a scream make. A shriek I feel like I just blanked that from my memory. Because <laughs> no, I didn't ever hear that again. It happened. Um, but Charlie goes on to say, because there, uh, are, there are now all, because uh, all there are are now remakes only horror, horror studios green light I mean there are still rules but the rules have changed the unexpected is the new cliche and Robbie says yeah you gotta have an opening sequence that blows the doors off gallops a music video direction and the kill's got to be way more extreme um and so basically they go on to say that um where does it all go from here a party and Charlie's of course because it's a guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath. They need a party in any horror film as soon as everyone's like kind of freaking out. They're like, okay, let's have a party now. Let's, let's party. just ignore everything that's happening. <laughs> Who cares about the curfews? Yeah. Let's get drunk somewhere with all these strangers. Exactly. Uh, Robbie says, fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Literally, they're such little nerds. I can't deal with either of them. Yeah. Robbie is just... They're worse versions of Randy, and I didn't know if that could be possible. Yeah. Like, Randy was tolerable. Yeah, they're just taking it too many steps further. <laughs> they're like, let's make let's make Charlie and, and Robbie Randy, but also make them really creepy. Yeah, how can we make Randy less like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> many versions of him. Um, Gail tries to get the location from them, but uh, they're not going to tell her. Um, Charlie and Robbie also say that the murders are related to the original movie of Stab as two kids died in their house while their parents are away and then the hottest girl in school is killed, Olivia. So they're like, it's all the same. It's all, it's all happening. So uh, that was the reason for it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what was the reason for being so brutal? Well, because um, Steve and Casey are meant to be Jenny and Marnie. Yeah. And then Olivia, Tatum, and then um, Charlie and Robbie are meant to be Randy. Randy. And then 
Kirby is meant to be... She's such a mix, I feel. Pardon? I feel like she's such a mix, Kirby. Yeah. Like, I'm really Tatum, Sydney, everyone. Yeah. She's a bit of a um a wild card, I think. She is. Yeah, because Jill's obviously meant to be Sydney, but... Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jill stays at home because her mum won't let her go to the party and Kirby goes to the party without her. Uh, Gail has followed the teenagers to the abandoned barn. <laughs> Where, and I was like, this is even worse, Gail. Like, oh, this is so creepy. You're being like a weird, thought, creepy woman. I thought she'd be worse in the first one where that was like her main trick. But like, no, it's the fourth one where she's just hanging around teenagers the whole film. And it's just like, um, you're What old. are you doing, girl? <laughs> like, it was okay when Sydney went to college. <laughs> Exactly, but it's like, you're like, what, 20, 30 years older than these people? Can you just hang Leave out with them doing? alone. <laughs> I love, though, how she's in, like, um, the leather jacket, so it kind of looks like the, the full Mickey outfit from the second film when she's got the ghost mask mask on. I loved that so much. Yeah. Just the whole image in this film is perfect. She, I love that she, like, obviously does not look like a teenager as she's going into this place, but nobody bats an eyelid. They're just like, oh, whatever. They're just like, whatever, let this weird-ass lady come. She, otherwise, she's going to cause trouble. Yeah. Don't worry. Just let her in. Don't worry about it. Uh, but she goes and sets up uh, cameras um, and then leaves to go and watch from her car or her van. I, I don't know what she's driving. I c- if, you, if I saw a random ass like 40 year old coming in and putting cameras on wouldn't people people be fast like what are you doing yeah but because I think because she they like said, snuck okay. up she was like out of view of everybody I don't know it's oh, so okay. weird in this film uh Gail eventually sees that someone is tampering with her cameras she calls ahead to Dewey and uh, basically tells him that she's convinced that um, it's the killer mucking around with her cameras so she goes back inside this always happens with her I swear she's like okay he's throwing up my life I'm not letting him do this I need my footage go get out don't go in there every horror movie oh I hear a noise I'm gonna go check it out I'm just oh what's that I hear a noise and I lay dead in bed like I pretend I'm dead I'm, exactly. I'm like, I'm not going out there. I don't trust someone in this house right now. I'm not. Murdering. Shit. Take what you want. I'm dead. Exactly. Take anything. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm going to be as quiet as possible. <laughs> um, so when she goes in to investigate her cameras, she finds that there's a webcam planted there to watch her and has basically been watching her the entire time. Chewy is watching through that camera and oh no he's watching through one of Gail's um that she's holding and just, yeah because she's trying to it. figure it out like trying to put it back <laughs> like I don't want to look the zone. I just love how it's this giant like web ca- kind of looking cameras like they're massive it's like you couldn't even be a little bit more subtle maybe like a little tiny one. Didn't the Logitech have like that little round circle back then? I reckon, like, you don't need to be that obvious. Yeah, <laughs> it was what, 2011. Down. Calm down. Technology wasn't that bad then. That no. <laughs> anything else, really. <laughs> but 
this scene I love where um, Dewey is rushing in to save her, but he's like running down this hill and he's like yelling out Gail. And I was like, they're in there watching a really loud movie. You're on top no, of a hill. No one's going to hear you. He's struggling already trying to get down the hill. <laughs> like no one's going to get anything. It, cra- it cracked me up so much watching him run down that hill. And, like, I absolutely love Dewey as a character. Like, he's one of my absolute favourite out of the entire franchise. But this scene, I was just like, oh, they really make him look so stupid. Honestly, the scary movie portrayal isn't that too far from home with Dewey. Like, he's the goosiest character, <laughs> but I love him. Doofy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had an ex-boyfriend go as uh, Officer Doofy to a Halloween party once. It was so Oh, good. my God. That's yeah. amazing. I would love to see it. It was just a Doofy. Oh, I wish I still had a photo of it. It's on my old phone. Uh, I don't even know where that is. Uh, but it was so funny. Oh, that Halloween was great. We even bought, like, a vacuum cleaner that was, like... I was uh, about to say... It, but I it was, like, like an like inflatable one. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. It was so funny. Oh, that Halloween was hilarious. (laughs) Um, So inside the barn, Gail is being chased around the bales of hay and obviously nobody can hear her, like, screaming for help. Um, The killer pins her down, um, but Dewey spots both of them and he yells at the killer to freeze while aiming his gun... And there's like three, three or four things all go off at once. So the killer stabs Gail. Gail pushes him away with her foot and then Dewey shoots and misses. And then the killer runs away. So it's kind of like a real like... I don't think Dewey's ever successfully like hit someone. No. Yeah. I feel like that's a no. He's the worst police officer. He'd be like a good detective maybe, but maybe he should have a gun. No. Take the gun away from him. What the hell? Um, she tells Dewey about the webcam on the upper level and then passes out. I guess. Okay, like, she did get stabbed. <laughs> she did get stabbed. That'd hurt, especially because she gets stabbed in the shoulder. Ow. Oh. oh this, There's so every... many bones and muscles. That, ugh. Lisa Brown wasn't sticking out. Otherwise, that would be. I would have thrown up. It's like an automatic vomit for me. I don't know. No, I, I like oh, heave and I'm like, oh, why do you do that? Let's see me with ankles. I will rich. I will not look at it. My sister's the same. I, I was like, okay, her still's not that bad. Oh, ankles thing, never mind. No, get out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with all this torture. Uh, back at Jill's house, Detective Hoss and Perkins are sitting in their car and Hoss is, uh, he's going to go and do like a little, his rounds. I guess he's going to go check out the house. He sees that Jill's bedroom window is open and comes back to the car, finding Perkins slumped over the steering wheel. Uh, turns out to be a prank, but uh, Hoss definitely start, stops laughing uh, when he's brutally attacked from behind and Perkins is stabbed in the forehead. And then he just moves as well. Like, I know that it actually, like, someone's actually lived to do that, but, like, I was like, I can't believe this. It seems too unrealistic to me. <laughs> That's not allowed. <laughs> it's not. That's unrealistic. I, Stop that. 
I hate the pranks in this film though like everything is a prank I'm like why do you have to keep doing this I don't trust anyone yeah exactly yeah that's probably why because it's just like because you don't know who's who and you're just like you don't know who's dead or not and you don't know who's dead (laughs) um inside Sydney takes um down some wind chimes because they are off balance and she doesn't know how to fix them um I don't know why she's doing that um a few moments later she tenses up when she hears them again surprising her it's revealed that it's her aunt Kate who's come in clutching grocery bags and leaves them uh leaves again to grab more bags um Ghostface calls Sydney on the phone and makes a comment about her family being most important to her but then she's going on he's going on about how you're a survivor and she's like okay well at the start I was a victim and now I'm a survivor what am I like make up your mind mate yeah also the Kate or whatever going grocery shopping at the worst possible time and hour like what is she doing I don't know maybe she's a nurse and she's like well I've just finished work so now I gotta go to Walmart that's true. Is that we don't even know much about. We don't. We know nothing about them. We <laughs> literally know nothing about that family. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just like I wish I knew more. Like I need a whole it's, drama series now. I need backstories for people. I need to be invested. I just make them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of the phone call and the content of what Ghostface is saying, Sydney decides that she's going to go check on Jill, uh, but finds a room empty with Jill's laptop on the bed. Sydney opens it and sees the that messenger is left open, revealing that Kirby took Jill to her house for an after party. Dun, dun, dun. I just love how bad the screen looks on the laptop when they open it. Like everything looks so badly edited. Yeah. I can't deal with the technology in the school. It it's so weird to have it all. It was like, 2011. What, I, what are you doing? I know. Exactly, like watching all these 90s films and they just skip that. I'm like, I don't like this, even though I grew up with technology. It's like, I don't remember technology being that shit. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> downstairs, uh, Kate finds out that the cops are no longer out the front and Sydney basically grabs her, um, we gotta go. When they open the back door, they see Ghostface's reflection on the wind chimes and turn around. At the front door, Ghostface wrestles to get inside, but Kate successfully closes the door by sitting down and basically propping herself against the door and the nearby archway. Unfortunately, Ghostface stabs her through the mail slot, killing her, because they he stabs her, like, right in the back of the neck. And I was like, oh. That was disgusting and the worst possible way to close the door. I don't know. Why she would do that? Why wouldn't she lay stand? Like lay against the, the bottom. Yeah, or put exactly. your feet against the door. She wasn't thinking. She was barely in a hurry. <laughs> she was in a hurry. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, Deputy Hicks arrives and checks on. Uh, she's basically there to check on the family and finds Kate and sees Sydney running off. So it's kind of like. Why are you running? What is she doing? I feel like Sydney does not trust that one at all, but she, she was getting the same kind of set up was, that Trevor was. Except yeah. Trevor, they just were like, I'm going to do this man dirty and just ruin his life. <laughs> <laughs> they just like, I feel like they could have done the same thing with both Judy and Trevor and just gave them the same kind of like stuff size that they're like, nah, Trevor's just about to get roasted in any scene he's in. 
or talked about. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor, you're dead. <laughs> we're yeah. not dead, like, but we're going to ruin your life. We're going to yeah. ruin your life. But Hicks, like, at the start, because um, she's so weird and creepy, I was just like, is it her? I know, she's so, like, obsessed. And it's just her eyes as well. Like, mm. she's just like that. I don't know. You're like, can you s- the, stop that? <laughs> it's like the crazy girlfriend YouTube video. It's That's just her. Yeah, that's, yeah, oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, she's obsessed with Dewey. She hates Gail. Um, she has a creepy interaction with Sydney where Sydney doesn't remember them being in school together. Yeah, she has all the reasons. Exactly. So it's like she's got all the reasons to like try and restart these these killings again. Creepy. And just becomes a cop just to do it. Like I feel like that's every bad horror thriller movie is just like it's that secretly the partner order. I became a cop to kill everyone. Exactly. That's a weird place to do it. Uh, you can do it without becoming a cop. Um, you don't have to go through all that struggle you don't have to go to academy and like (laughs) minimum wage just to do that you know that right (laughs) I'm not encouraging people to become serial killers Um, (laughs) so we're at Kirby's house at this point and Trevor rocks up and Kirby's like I love her she's like who invited you and he's like well obviously not you (laughs) She's just instantly mad and the mood changes as Trevor rocks up. I love her though. She's just so bossy. Oh, she's so good. I'm just like, oh, I love you so much. And all the jackets she wears in this movie are just... Yes, her look is just amazing. It's iconic. And like even her yeah. introduction where she's just like speeding and just like, sorry, Officer Julie, what else she has? and she's listening to like punk music in her car and I'm just like oh she she is an icon and it's like you really forget about everybody else in this movie when you think about supporting characters you're like Kirby (laughs) exactly and she like comes up to Sydney's like ability level like really quick like her and Sydney instantly became my favorite yeah and like normally with other characters you don't get that but with her it's just different yeah I think because I've loved Hayden's work previously like I was obsessed with the Heroes TV show because of her like I loved her like presence on TV and now I I haven't watched too many of like movies she's been in except for Scream 4 really I feel like I've just seen Bring It On and that's about it uh I have seen Bring It On yeah I was like oh that's a stimulating girl (laughs) that might have been after I don't even know when it happened (laughs) that's the cheerleading one I was young, so in my defense, I was like, I don't know a movie name. Oh, I wouldn't even, I literally only really know her from Heroes. I've never seen that. I think I was too young when that came out. I'm going to look it up. Let's have a look. Oh, she was in Nashville. Uh, Heroes. I love you, Beth Cooper. I've seen that. Uh, remember the Titans? I remember that she was in that. Oh, yes, she was a little kid in there. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, my God. And she also did one of the voices in the video game Until Dawn. Oh, my God, yes. I forget about that. Yes, I, I remember now. I love that game. So my memory's like, like a sieve, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, same. I've seen all of these. <laughs> when we're going through the plot, I'm like, I just watched this today. And I'm like, 
when did that happen? So, and I'm just like, where are we at? It's like, am I up to that bit already? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kirby, Jill, Robbie, and Charlie are sitting around at Kirby's place. Their their plan is to like watch some more movies or whatever. Trevor says that he was actually invited through a text uh from Jill's phone. And Jill denies that she texted him and finds her phone has gone missing. Dun, dun, dun. How goes, convenient. How convenient, Jill. Uh, she goes to go look for it and Tre- Trevor obviously follows her because uh, he's pining over his ex-girlfriend. Um, Robbie goes outside and leaves Charlie and Kirby alone. They nearly have a moment, but they're interrupted by Trevor and Charlie leaves pretty frustrated because um he really obviously has a thing for kirby and wanted to kiss her um trevor just is like oh well uh did i interrupt something trevor is just like a sad little puppy but also like a dick and just i generally don't think he has a scene where he's not getting tormented but he deserves it (laughs) he just rocks up at the worst time like his intro with the locker as well and now just rocking up to this party uninvited like we don't want you here what are you doing here get away oh <laughs> nobody likes you and i kind of feel sorry for trevor in a way i guess exactly like the sad little puppy thing but then it's like also you're a dick. But, yeah <laughs> uh jill comes back downstairs saying that trevor didn't follow her upstairs basically like where's trevor uh Robbie who is outside is trying to stream his live video blog but he's pretty drunk (laughs) at this point and is basically sprung on by Ghostface who mercilessly stabs him and leaves him to die in the bushes I'm so uneventful for him like he just gets stabbed and left him like he was like a main character this whole thing and just gonna leave him like that yeah but I mean, when Not, you think about it, like even Randy's death was really uneventful. That's true. He got killed off so fast. Mm. And like, he was like one of the original survivors, but they were like, we don't really care about that. We've got too much to do in this film. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Too bad. We can't build him into the plot. <laughs> they just wanted to get rid of him. Rude. But um, yeah, it is really uneventful for Robbie, especially since he's like such a horror buff as well and like a genre fan. And he, yeah, it was really disappointing because I was just like, oh, like, so but then when you, when you find out who the killer is, you're kind of like, yeah. I get why. They yeah, didn't want to give him enough. that death and that like satisfaction that in his own yeah. death. Yeah. All the audience, the satisfaction of like Robbie having this really like dramatic and climactic yeah. death. I feel like Olivia got one of the best deaths in this film. That could have been him, but they're like, no, he doesn't deserve it. We're not going to give him that. I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, so Sydney is at the house, basically, um, <laughs> to let Jill know that her mother's dead. Uh, but Robbie is, like, out the front of the house, like, gasping run like to Sydney um and so uh Jill and Sydney are are running upstairs they're being chased by Ghostface at this point and Kirby takes a different turn and she ends up in the laundry I'm pretty sure from what I remember um Sydney locks her and Jill in Kirby's room telling Jill to hide under the bed um while she fakes Jill escaping out the window 
uh, Ghostface seemingly buys it and Sydney calls Dewey. Um, so basically she leaves Jill in the house and she's like, now I've got to escape out <laughs> here. Fuck. Jill can find her own way. Don't worry about Jill. Um, <laughs> she gets out, she gets downstairs and she finds Kirby and they lock themselves in a room. They're in the basement. That's right. Um, oh, this is so gross. Well, not gross, but it's a really great scene where Charlie <laughs> arrives uh, to the back door and he's like covered in blood and he's like, you know, uh, let me in. And Kirby's like, mm, I'm not going to do that. No. Even though you just nearly kissed, you're just going to have to start by. No, thanks. No. Um. <laughs> too smart she just doesn't trust anyone yeah and I don't I think there are people there are people that she would trust but at this point she's just like I mm, who's killing people is it you it could are be you? you it could be anyone um so Kirby and Sydney basically sit and watch Charlie being attacked by Ghostface and then the patio lights go back like go out uh, when the lights come back on, Charlie is duct taped to a chair, um, uh, as was uh, Stephen Orth in the first film with Casey Becker. And basically, uh, Kirby is, um, you know, uh, they're on. A, she's on a phone call with Ghostface, and he's basically saying, uh, to save his life, you've got to answer all these questions. And uh, <laughs> I love this scene. Um, it was my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the whole film. Like, just going to that level to do the homage, like pretty much similar questions, exact same kind of line. Like, it's just so good. I just can't get over that. And of course, it's Kirby, who's like the best, one of the best characters in Turns Off. And it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I love that it's all horror. Obviously, horror movie questions. Because Ghostface says to her, "Are you like horror movies, Kirby? But do you like them as much as him?" And it's kind of like <laughs> it really pisses me off because there's so many men in the horror like community yeah. that are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you like horror movies? Yeah, who directed this? And you're who just like, I don't know. It's like I don't care. You like the movie? Yeah, they just like you have to know every single thing. Oh yeah. Unless you're not a fan. Mm-hmm. And this is basically that it's type that, of person yeah. in a like in a conversation in a film. And I love that that was put in because like so many women would have watched this and been like, oh for fuck's sake, I've been <laughs> through this. Like for me, it's um, men in the music scene. If I wear like a band shirt, they'll be like, yes. name, them, uh, name me one Guns N' Roses song. song. And I'm like, yes. uh, I fucking like Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine. And that's why I bought this t-shirt. Fuck you. Exactly. And sometimes I just buy it because it's cute. Like you don't need a reason. I am 32 years old. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? I got exactly. to 32 without knowing this shit. I lived. <laughs> <laughs> I made I just, it. <laughs> I just love how it's a fuck you to all these men when she's like nailing all the questions yeah. and she just knows it all. I'm just like, I love her. Yeah, because he says, um, uh, what does he say? Warm up question, Jason's weapon. And she's like, oh, it's a machete. Um, you know, Mike Myers, butcher knife, leather face, leather, uh, leather face chainsaw. <laughs> um, 
uh, Freddy Krueger, raise her hands. And like Kirby is obviously panicking because like she doesn't know what's going to happen. And so obviously she feels really anxious and like, like oh shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> And she's, he's like, uh, name the movie that started the slasher craze. Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Massacre, Last House on the left, or Psycho. And she says, Psycho. And he's like, none of the above. Peeping Tom, 1960. And I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is men. This is men. <laughs> it literally is. And I don't know what it is about horror movies, but they're always worse about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> out of all the genres, it's like, why does it have to be horror movies? Yeah. Like, I will get attacked so often on the woman in horror as a cat like why isn't it men in horrors where's jack nicholson it's like fuck off um if men in horror <laughs> wanted a twitter account make one exactly do it yourself I'm not get out of my point. get out of my mentions <laughs> it's so annoying it really would be wouldn't it because it's just like don't derail this conversation by asking about men go and do it yourself exactly it's every day i hate I don't it. get it I'm not here to represent men and women. I wanted to make a women in horror Twitter account. Fuck off. Exactly. Just leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Just block like, them. See ya. Always 50 year old men. And I like was like so young when I saw this. I was like, leave me alone. I'm <laughs> like half your age. Why are you bullying me on the internet? You probably have a family. Does your <laughs> wife know you're rep- like you're bullying young women on the internet? Do your kids? Yeah, your daughter is all like the same age as me. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Okay. That's so Yeah. You just be like, <laughs> go away. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to be able to. I never really come across that experience myself. I've, I've never. Okay. Yeah, I I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will, but I'm just like, oh, no, pick up the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> um and she asks so they get he does the whole no you're wrong (laughs) and um she asks for one more question and he says name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the vill that's all she said that's all he says and she like let's rip all these films and uh, she's like, it's one of those, right? Because she mentions like My Bloody Valentine, Last House on the Left, Nightmare on Elm Street, Prom Night, Black Christmas, House of Wax, The Fog, Piranha, which I was like, really? I'm so random there. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> that, I have not seen Piranha because uh, I'm scared of... Pr- so, you know when you're a kid and you have those really irrational fears about things that'll never happen to you? Piranhas was yeah. one of them for me and crocodiles. <laughs> I was like, neither of... Piranhas live in the Amazon. <laughs> Mine was like sinking sand. Yeah. <laughs> like my sister else. said that. My sister was like quicksand. <laughs> yes. It's just like, I'm never going to experience this, but I've seen so many movies that like, I'm scared I might. I need to know like tips on how to survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, there's such a rational fears because they're never re- like quicksand and like, like, um, what is it? Like where there's like a, you know, like a hole in the ground and everything just sinks into it? Oh. A sinkhole. Those things happen. And I mean, like, I think they've happened in Australia and I'm like, okay, well, that's different to an, like, quicksand. But um, <laughs> kids are weird. Uh, the killer hangs up the phone. Uh, everything goes silent. And uh, Kirby breathes a sigh of relief and says, I got it right. I was fucking right. 
and um, she is like, sweet, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to like um, free Charlie. And um, she goes outside and unties him. And she's like, I won, I won. Um, only to be stabbed in the stomach by Charlie as he reveals himself as one of the killers. He, um, uh, yeah. I hate this. He says to her, Kirby. Just... <laughs> he, he holds a knife and says, Kirby, this is making a move. Four years of class together and you notice me now, you stupid bitch. It's too late. And I was just like. And then he I says, was so shocked. Oh, I was too. I, I was like, what? I can't believe. Like she was so excited and that got just taken away so fast. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that was going to happen. I was like, oh my God, they're going to get together. They'll be fine. Everything's fine. No. Never mind. No. Fucking ruined my life instead. Like, why did it have to be her? I know, but... But... Can neither (laughs) confirm nor deny if she's dead. I hope she's not. I will... She better be in screen five. If she's in screen five, I will will die of shock in the cinema. I will lose my shit. Like, (laughs) I will be screaming. I'll be so excited. I'm so annoyed whoever comes with me. I'll just be like, oh my god, she's there. I'll be so happy. I won't, care about I won't care about the OG3. I'll be like, oh my God, it's Kirby. Yeah. My partner will be like, can you stop crying in the cinema? Yeah, like, you're no. embarrassing me. Oh my God. I don't know her. Oh, who's that? <laughs> um, inside Sydney notices that Jill is gone. Um, goes to get Kirby, but he's caught by Charlie, who holds her at knife point. She uh, struggles free, but runs straight into a second killer's blade as she races for the front door. Um, So she's like stabbed. She's not like stabbed. Uh, She was like stabbed in the in the chest, I think, or in the shoulder, or I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) Yes, okay, because she's not like. Oh, she is pretty wounded. Yeah. Uh, the second ghost face is then revealed to be Jill, who is the mastermind behind the entire murder spree. Jill claims that she never had a true identity and that she has always simply been the girl that's related to Sydney Prescott and grew up in the shadow of a woman that she's never met, uh, which I found really interesting. I couldn't even believe it was her. Like, yeah. I was just, anything when it was a screen reveal, I'm like, oh my God, it was been the whole time. I feel so stupid, but, yeah. and then working together, I would have never thought. And I feel like they didn't even explain how they, like how they became appearing yeah which really annoys me i'm like how did you two even start talking and, and decide, decide to kill everyone <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so charlie and jill uh basically voiced their intentions to become this generation sydney prescott and randy meeks and that this is all because she is so jealous of the fame that sydney got for surviving all of the previous murders I'm so offended they even compared themselves to Zanny Randy. Like, they're not even on the same level. How dare you? How dare you stand where they stand? Yeah, you are... It's, But I, I love Emma Roberts, and then watching her in this film, I was like, oh! Yeah, I hate you now. I hate, you, I hate <laughs> this character so much. So good. Yeah, she's written really well. 
Um, yes, you really I love that Charlie opens a nearby cupboard and Trevor's in there gagged and bound. And Jill says, sorry. That was would have been so satisfying for them. And just for the whole experience of just roasting him for him just to be tied up the whole time was so <laughs> funny to me. But they like, would just get up from oh, the start. It's he's the fall guy, too bad. <laughs> It sucks. Uh, and Jill basically says he's the one who's going to take the fall for this entire massacre. And that um, that this is meant to include the attacks on Jill and Charlie, the only survivors. So Jill shoots Trevor in the groin as punishment for cheating on her and taking her virginity and then shoots him in the head, which I was like, whoa, she was like fucking brutal. She was. She was actually, she could have just done one. She's like, nah, he, he deserves worse. But I was like, you shot him in the dick. <laughs> that was... <laughs> but I love how he was in the same outfit as Sydney's dad in the first Yeah. <laughs> one. That was, oh, I, everything, they just hit everything with the Harvard. I can't believe it. I it never was awesome. That well done with like Easter jokes and stuff. Yeah. I still always laugh about a uh, scary movie where his, her dad is like, got um, like the, the ball yeah, gag. The ball gag, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh my gosh. I haven't watched that in forever. I love the first one, two, and three are fine. I won't watch any. I, I've watched all of them, but one, two, and three are the best. Yes, the first two, especially like anything after like the uh, Way and Brian's um, family left. Yeah. Like, no. It's not as good. We'll never be. <laughs> yeah, I swear the Wyans brothers just knew, they just wrote it so perfectly, um, like intentionally funny. Like, exactly. yeah. Like, and they just hit every trick. Yeah. In such a good way. Where the new one's like, okay, we'll get, how many horror movies can we fit in this? Or how many parties can we fit? Yeah. So they just do a couple and it's amazing. You can tell they love horror as well. Like you can tell exactly. that they love Scream. And I know what you did last summer. And it's like, you can tell that they really loved their like 90s slashes in the way that they wrote uh, Scary Movie 1. And with the new ones, it's like, have you ever seen these movies? We just read in the pot and then going with it yeah it's just like you obviously have not seen paranormal activity I, yeah exactly I, I, they also did uh didn't they refer to ma in one of them yeah I think and it's like the fifth or sixth i think they did ma and i was like that's weird that's a weird film to put in here not everybody knows that movie that and then they mixed it with like the ballet like, what is it black swan and it's like why are these the two main movies you're choosing? And they're just such very um, niche genre films as well. And it's like, uh, I don't understand why you put this. This isn't a mainstream horror film. Nobody's going to know the Ma references. Exactly. Like, why would you pick that out of all films? At least yeah. it's something that's shown like in cinemas by ages. Exactly. Oh, God. Um, so after uh, Jill kills Trevor, um, Charlie asks her to stab him in the shoulder because he wants to copy Billy and Stu's botched attempt to fake their own injuries in the first movie. Uh, she instead stabs him in the heart. 
she was so brutal to anyone yeah she really just wants all the fame to herself and I kind of love it when she did that I was like it makes her so much more likable even though she was the villain yeah but I'm like okay kill your partner whatever I I do the same it's fine I get it um charlie is obviously surprised um and jill tells him i'm gonna be the sole survivor so i can win more fans i don't know if this is before or later but when she said i don't need friends i need fans yeah i love that just anything in that movie is so quotable <laughs> yeah because she um he says um yeah jill declares that she needs fans not friends um he became the stew of the remake i love that i love how by the end it's kind of changed how all the characters perceive compared to the original one yeah like how um kirby becomes more kind of randy than tatum than she was tatum with olivia and just everyone changing i just loved it so much yeah I love, um, I love what Jill says to Sydney because Sydney's like, why would you do this? Like, even your friends. She's like, my friends? What world are you living in? I don't need friends. I need fans. Don't you get it? This has never been, this has never been about killing you. It's about becoming you. I mean, for fuck's sake, my own mother had to die. No great loss there. So I could have stayed, so I could stay true to the original. That's sick, right? Well, sick is the new saying. You had your 15 minutes now. I want mine. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Go to college, grad school, work? Look around. We all live in, in, pu- in public now. We're all on the internet. How do you think people become famous anymore? You don't have to achieve anything. You just have, you just got to have some fucked up shit happen to you. So you have to die, Sid. Those are the rules. New movie, new franchise. There's only room for one lead. And let's face it, you're in gen. Uh, your, um, uh, she says something. Your days, you know, they're over. She really went to town and roasted her just for being an, an older generation. I was like, what do you mean? Any friends? We have the internet now. <laughs> yeah, and like Sydney's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what the kids are like these days now. Kids are crazy. <laughs> um, so Jill cleans the gun and leaves it by Trevor's corpse. And she uses his hand to scratch her cheek and pulls out a handful of her hair in his hands, which that is probably the bit that like made me like wince the most. Made me, like, yeah, I hated oh. that. It made me so uncomfortable. And rewatching it today, I was like, nah, I can't look. It's disgusting. That was so like, disgusting. Like, it's not even hair. gory or anything. I'm just like, I don't want anyone to do that to me. Ow. Um, <laughs> so at this point, Sydney's like collapsed on the ground because she's bleeding everywhere. And yeah. uh, Jill stabs her with jab, Jill stabs herself with the knife by running against the wall and pressing the knife into her shoulder. And this is where I was like, <laughs> but why is it with the shoulder in this film? It's, yeah, um, she cleans the knife runs into a glass frame and then purposely like she runs through that glass window um and then throws herself onto a glass coffee table um so that her injuries look more believable and then like passes out on the floor next to sydney she also mirrors sydney's death pose exactly 
I hated that whole montage like kind of scene of her doing all these injuries and like yeah. it was so cringy in a way and just so maybe uncomfortable just the hair starting off the hair was blue right? oh just, yeah it was so awkward to watch even and now you just see all those clips become like memes on twitter and stuff just <laughs> roasting the bow and I love it <laughs> Eventually, Dewey and Judy arrive with the rest of the police and basically stumble into like a bloodbath. At this <laughs> point. There's like bodies everywhere. There's like five bodies on the floor. It's like, okay, when did all this happen? Where were they? Yeah. It was just like, whoa, who did all this? <laughs> um, at the hospital, so they obviously take everyone to the hospital. Jill is basically labeled a hero. And she makes a joke with Gail that they should write a book together due to their matching shoulder wounds. Dewey yeah, tells... <laughs> and I love this scene where Dewey tells her that uh, you might not be the sole survivor because Sydney's in ICU, but she hasn't woken up yet. Her heart would have dropped then. <laughs> she would have been stressed, all this, like, planning, and then it just goes to shit because she didn't do it successfully. Yeah, she would have just been like, are you kidding me? I didn't kill her. <laughs> like, I stabbed her, like, twice or whatever, and she's still alive. What? Uh, she's fucking Sydney Prescott. you got no idea. Um, she's, like, invincible, I hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thinking about this next one, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jill sneaks out of her room and goes to the ICU because she's determined to kill Sydney. And I love that she's just standing there. And when Sydney wakes up, she's like, you just won't die, will you? Who are you, Michael fucking Myers? <laughs> she's literally so dramatic. She could have killed her. But she's like, no, I need her to wake up. I need and the no last thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I need, need the last know You were alive and that I killed you. I came back to her. <laughs> <laughs> I she's the last word in. Yeah, but that's a typical teenager, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, she proceeds to attack Sydney as Sydney's like trying to wake up because obviously she's been under like uh like sedation because she's just yes. had surgery and shit. And like Jill is like choking her and throwing her against like the glass door of the medical cabinet. Um while that's happening, Dewey and Gail realize what's happened. Because um, they remember that Dewey never told Jill about Gail's attack or about her wounds, but they, like, uh, Jill had made a comment about them having matching shoulder, like, uh, wounds. Shoulder injuries. Yeah. She really screwed up. She's just screwing up her own plans in the end there. Yeah. She fucked up twice within, like, two minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, you idiot. Um, (laughs) Dewey calls Hicks for backup and they head off towards the hospital. Um, Jill hides in a supply closet when she hears the police have arrived. And I love this because as Dewey like busts in the room, she like hits him straight away with a bedpan. I love it so much because Dewey always gets injured like just randomly at the end. I feel so bad for him, but it's so funny every time. Because <laughs> literally all I can think of is Doofy or whatever. Yeah. I just, I just can't stop thinking about that the whole time whenever I see him. Because he's just so clumsy and so, like, but in this film, I feel like he was less clumsy as what he has been, especially in Scream yeah. 2, where he was just made to look like an idiot. And I was like, he, yeah. disappointed a little bit. Uh, yeah, they really ruined him a little bit 
in screen two and kind of three, but they did bring it back a bit with this one, which I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so likable, even though he is a bit of an idiot. Yeah. I really like him. I, I, I like uh, David Arquette as well, just in general. So yeah, I, I love really seeing good. him love um, in these kinds of films rather than like, because uh, he does lots of comedy and I'm not a big comedy person. So yeah, I kind of like this crossover. <laughs> it's probably the only reason he did scream because he's like, oh, I still kind of want to do comedy. But honestly, you could show me a scene from any any of the films any of the screen films and I would believe it's scary movie just because of how he acts <laughs> like it doesn't stray far <laughs> uh hopefully he'll um he'll have all his redeeming qualities in the next one <laughs> I hope so he deserves it after all the people yeah. Um, so basically Sydney and Jill are having it out and Jill regains the upper hand and pushes her knee into Sydney's stitches and they all like come undone, which like grosses me out as well. Um, yeah. So at this point, Jill has stolen, uh, Dewey's gun and Gail's arrived and she's nearly shot by Jill, but Hicks jumps into the room throwing herself and Gail over the nearby bed to get away from the gun fire that, you know, Jill obviously can't shoot a gun, so. <laughs> Thank God. I honestly was so surprised that Hex was trying to save Gail. I thought she would have just left her. She's like, I need my chance to do it. Forget about Gail. <laughs> I will help you. Fine. <laughs> um, so Jill orders them to come out, basically threatening to shoot Dewey if they don't. Hicks slowly comes up and gets her, like, puts her gun down as instructed. However, uh, when she tells Jill not to do anything stupid, <laughs> Jill gets annoyed um, and basically, like, shoots Hicks. Which I was like, what? Like just so <laughs> uh, Gail gets up and sees Sydney is moving, so she's dolls and she's like um trying to stop Jill and like she can't she's like fumbling and and can't say any of the any of her words properly um Sydney at this point is reaching for the shock paddles and uh I love this because Jill's like just uh Gail's like just wait just wait just wait um uh uh and then just yells clear and (laughs) what the fuck are you on about clear She's like so confused. I love it. Uh, she is then electrocuted by Sydney, who puts like a paddle to each of her temples, which I was like, oh fuck. It was and so extreme. I love I this. How because Sydney tells Jill that she forgot the first rule of remakes: don't fuck with the original. Yes, I like and that I was like, line. Yes. So <laughs> oh, it was so good. It's yeah. my favorite quote from that movie. I absolutely love Sydney and I I think um you know through the first I didn't really enjoy her in the first um in the first screen just because I was really over that whole trope of uh don't run away but you run upstairs and then you get stuck in the house and they did that so much for her that I got frustrated and I was like "Mm, she really becomes more of a badass throughout the film especially in for like they're yeah. giving her all the quality she deserves instead of like the stereotypical final girl one from like the first yeah. one yeah absolutely um 
Gail and Sydney see that Dewey is alive and um, behind them, uh, Jill basically jumps up, pouncing at Sydney with a shard of glass, only to be shot in the chest by Sydney, who knew what she was doing. Um, Sydney, in all of the action, her injuries, uh, lies down next to her cousin and whispers, I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better. <laughs> I loved that and how it was parallel <laughs> to the scene earlier when she thought she actually killed Sydney. It's like, no, she got the last kind of laugh. She actually yeah. killed her. It was so good. Yeah. I really hated the when I hate when they did like the killer last trough thing where they the killer gets up again and all the screen films are like Stop, we'll see that. Don't need that. Yeah. I hate it so much. Even in the first one, I was like, no. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the hospital, there are tons of reporters praising Jill for having single handedly uh, stopped the Woodsboro killings, uh, but uh, basically giving her the fame that she wanted. They don't realize that, you know, she's inside dead. And. Um, <laughs> The final shot is of Jill's dead eyes as the whole town is about to realise that their supposed saviour is actually the mastermind behind it all. Um, and the last uh, the last line that we see over the top of the hospital is everyone's, you know, getting back to the, you know, getting cared for in the hospital. Yeah. Um, a news reporter says, Jill Roberts of Woodsboro, a girl who's lifted all our spirits tonight, an American hero right out of the movies. And I was like, oh, she likes to think so. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked how she got the phone after she died, but I wish they would have shown, like, the reporters or someone just finding out that she was actually the killer the whole time. Because yeah. there's, like, no really ending thing like the other ones have where they do something after everyone just kind of yeah. survived which I would have yeah liked there's no like fade out and then like I and then loved, mother, yeah was it the end of scream two where she's on the farm with her dog and she's like yeah bye. oh that's scream three that's I scream loved three. that one yeah. when they because then it was like oh after scream three it kind of seems like everything's ended and it was yeah. such a good like wholesome ending they could they could have just lived it there but it was, scream was amazing but like it was just such a perfect ending yeah, I liked that ending. That was so good. But this kind of leaves was, it hanging and it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen for Scream 5? Exactly. Like, I generally don't know what's happening with Scream 5 and it's going to stress me out. I just want to know. I want to <laughs> tell her. Tell me now. <laughs> I definitely need to pass, like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, tell me. I'm, uh, I'm so, I don't know if I want to watch the trailer. I yeah, know. I mean, I don't know either because I'm like scared there's gonna be spoilers. And yeah. I like these horror movies lately when it's like a slasher or something like that and they show a lot. I'm like hate when I get to the killers. And it's really annoying because it had more spiral and I was like, fuck, I hate that I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think I've watched any of the trailers for Spiral before I watched it. That's good. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I was like, oh, this kind of movie they wouldn't be able to help but give away spoilers. Yeah, exactly. And Candyman yeah. was kind of spoiled, and but that's like that's fine. I knew Candyman was kind of going to go in the direction that it did, so I was kind of like, okay, well, the trailer didn't ruin too much for me. I haven't seen that one yet. I really need to. 
That's really it, good. Lockdown happened right when it got released. <laughs> yeah, I got to review it. So they sent me a virtual screener and I was like, oh, thank oh, God. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so devastated. Because I was like, I was going to go see it like next week. <laughs> then stuck in here. And now I've been at home for three months. So. Oh, my God. It's only about to be like two here and I'm already like, I hate this. Yeah. It's really, my, my birthday is next month. And I'm like, I'd really just like to be able to go out for dinner for my birthday. I hope you can. My oh. was last month and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> did you do like a Zoom birthday? Yes, I did. I got drunk. <laughs> uh, I did that for my best friend's birthday. Um, her housemate, because uh, my best friend lives two hours from me. And so we did like a uh, a surprise birthday party for her. Oh, that's so cute. Uh, so her housemate like sent her to her room and like <laughs> she set up like a birthday room and set up Zoom and everything and then was like, okay, you can come out now. Oh, that's so lovely. It was awesome. It's, it was really cool. It's still quite fun Zoom birthdays though. Like it's I, so weird to be apart, but it's fun. Yeah. I had, That was the only one that I've, uh, I've played like Jackbox with some friends and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, that always goes. I love Jackbox. Yeah. So much. Jackbox party is the best. <laughs> I love it. <her. laughs> uh, well, that is Scream 4, my favorite of the Scream franchise. Actually, question. What is your ranking this month for the Scream films? <laughs> um, so the first Scream is always going to be the top. That's like yeah. the one that has never changed. At the moment, it goes the first one, the third, okay. which has never been second ever, <laughs> um, four, and then two. Okay. But I love them yeah. all. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just changed so much now. It might change again when I rewatch them all again for like Halloween. And you're just like, but, mm, yeah, just wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Maybe I made a mistake with Scream 3. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> says that. And I was like, I really enjoy Scream 3. <laughs> I, really I just really it. hated it when I first watched it. I was like, what the hell is happening? Oh, really? I, 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 I just really loved it. I didn't get the whole Sydney's like brother part. I was like, that's weird. That was really weird. I just <laughs> like, what is happening? Where's his brother coming from? <laughs> Where are they in Hollywood or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's like, so uh, how did she not know she had a brother? I'm so confused. You, yeah, you would have think that would come up, came up at some point. Or like that mum works and all, or like something. Oh, okay. so just, yeah. Mm. It's not very plot holy sometimes. It is, but I still enjoy it. So I don't care yeah. what anybody says. I just really enjoy it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So as always with every episode, I always ask my guests, what is the last horror movie that you watched? I just watched Seance on Shutter Valley. Ooh, what did you think? And it was so good. Okay. Had it? It was good? I can't. Yeah, it was good. I really love boarding school kind of horror, any like teen kind of horror. Um, and it's kind of like hard to get good things on Shutter and like Aussie and New Zealand. So I was kind of stoked that we got something interesting. Yeah. And it was kind of different. Like I didn't get guess who like the color was going to be or anything, which normally kind of happens lately with all these horror <laughs> movies being kind of the same. And I was like, kind of stoked with it. Awesome. I um I it, I actually put it on the other day and didn't get to finish it because I had to I don't know what I I, look, I don't know what I was doing, but it was on and then I had to go do something else. Um you should finish it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean I've got all afternoon to watch films now. It's only four yeah, exactly. It's only four PM. Uh but I watched Bingo Hell on Prime. Oh, I is, wanna see that 
it is so good it is so wholesome and so much fun and there's green goo and slime and it's just it's amazing I'm really good yeah and there's like a strong uh female lead who's just absolutely on a mission doesn't trust anybody she's like nah I love that that. like she didn't have to like didn't no convincing she knew something was up Oh, I love Doesn't It Heaven songs, especially in Horrible. Yeah. I really have sometimes. It was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping to see the rest of the Welcome to Blumhouse films um, because the other yes, two dropped welcome. yesterday. So, um, oh, I need to just do a marathon tonight then. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to watch uh, Madres and, um, and uh, The Manor. Yes, The Manor. I want to see that one. I'm very that excited is- for that. I was talking to a friend this morning and they said it's really, really good. So I was like, okay, all right, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to watch um, The Unholy. I have it on DVD and uh, I'm meant to be doing it for my 31 Nights of Terror Challenge for uh, a friend's podcast, Slay Away. And I'm just like, I haven't even caught up now and now I'm behind. And I get that like guilt and shame where I'm just like, ah. Oh. I'm so bad with like watching a horror movie every day of October and like I always forget about it or I always do something like grab it and then try to make up for it. Well because I've been working from home I will have like my laptop at my desk and I'll have a movie on my screen like going while I work every day. It's been really That's easy. Good. Yeah but um it's like having someone in the office <laughs> but it's it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're alone. <laughs> yeah don't feel like I'm here alone. Um okay Let's uh, wrap this up by finding you. Where can listeners find you on social media? <laughs> uh, I'd say mainly Twitter and Instagram, um, Woman in Horror. And then I have my like main account, which is not why I fight no girl. Nice. Thanks. And that's really where I am. Well, everyone should definitely go and follow uh the Women in Horrors account because it's fantastic, lots of fun facts, lots of great images that you wouldn't, where do you find them? <laughs> I like, think of everything and I like, hate it. Oh, wow. And I just love to rewatch it. And I'm just, because I'm like, I can never find this exact image I want. I'm like, I need to yeah. go out, find it now. Wow. So Dedication. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I've had an absolute blast finally talking to someone from New Zealand. What the hell? <laughs> I know, because whenever I listen to any podcast, it's never, it's always American people. Yeah. I'm like, it's just so different. I've never heard. And then I was like, oh, she's Australian. When you asked me, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Because <laughs> kind of like, Australians and Kiwis have the same like humor and everything. Same language. Yeah. I'm like, it's so good. I love it. It's so uh, it's so strange sometimes. Like when I talk to American guests, and I'll say something and be like, "Oh wait, no, um, you won't get that." Um, yeah, that that only makes sense to like out like here. Exactly, like this part of the Asia Pacific, and that's it. Um, well, uh, thank you to my listeners, our listeners. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore or on Instagram at cattgif. To see all the latest from the podcast, please follow the show on tgif podcast underscore. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday. <laughs>